This is the Public Record Podcast. A recent report by nonprofit Jobs of the Future reveals the recent recession has been particularly acute and disruptive for young adults and early career workers. In June 2021, the unemployment rate for young adults was close to 10%, compared to a national rate of 5.9%. And as many as one in three 16 to 24-year-olds are disconnected from both school and work. The report also found that 47% of young workers were working in fast food jobs with a median hourly wage of $11.47, while another 37% were employed as cashiers earning a median hourly wage of $12.03. Is it any wonder why so many young people are still living at home well into their 20s. The report calls on organizations to use current labor market data to help young adults target higher wage, high growth jobs in their region and improve relationships with employer partners. On this episode, we'll explore how today's high schools are preparing students for college and career success with Kevin Bebo, Director of College and Career Readiness at Desert Sands Unified School District. Due to the ongoing COVID pandemic, we spoke to Kevin remotely. What's the ideal age to start thinking about college? you have a sense of that? Well, you know, that's a really good question. Our college and career readiness team just met with our elementary counselors this last Friday to have that exact conversation. There's a lot of activities going on, even at the elementary level right now, getting students aware of their opportunities, their collegiate and their career opportunities, as they continue on through elementary, middle, high school, and and beyond. But I don't think it's ever too early to start the conversation, um, not with a specific destination or goal in mind necessarily, but with the understanding for this generation that their success later on is going to rely on not just their K-12 education, but something beyond that. It could, in fact, be a four-year degree, but it could also be a two-year degree, or it could be a credential or a certification program. Uh, But it's very clear that students are in need of some sort of post-high school education in today's world to go out there and and to find that uh, career opportunity they're looking for. Thinking about being under 18, so many young people graduate from high school or college and they have their degree in hand, and they go start looking for a job, and they encounter a surprise. They see that they have to have two years' experience, sometimes more, for an entry-level job. So the question is, how do you get two years of experience in your chosen field? We have very ferocious child labor laws that sort of make that very difficult, Uh, working at McDonald's doesn't really count if you want to work in an accounting office, uh, you know, later in your career. If you're going to work in the restaurant or hospitality industry, it might. But uh, they don't care about that experience going in the door for uh, working in many office kinds of jobs. Um, Do you have any advice for young people on how to get some experience? And I will say in reading the child labor laws, it looks like the loophole is any kind of self-employment will uh, get you around the door to kind of get some real-world experience to put on your resume. Also, you don't have to be paid for it. You could do volunteer work and get those two years under your belt. Any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, so we, our career and technical education programs focus on work-based learning opportunities really from the very beginning. Um, there's a variety of different ways that students can um, get involved with the different industries in their neighborhood and in their communities through these programs. And it can be something as simple as just a uh, guest speaker coming into a classroom or uh, a visit to a place of business all the way through to a one-day job shadow or an internship, which can be for a longer period of time, maybe even up to an entire semester. And there's also pre-apprenticeship programs that are available through different trades. Um, so there are opportunities for students to gather some of that work-based experience before they go out and apply for that first job. What about vocational courses in high school? Can you still go to wood shop or metal shop? Or, uh, of course, typing is a skill everybody has today, but that at one time was a skill you could kind of train for. Um, um, is there anything like that in high school that you could just leave high school and go right to work with some kind of skill? Sure, but we kind of we don't call it vocational education anymore. We refer to that as career and technical education. And we've got over 20 programs across the school district at the high school level that focus on different areas. And it's not just the skills themselves. I mean, the technical skills are an important piece of this. But these courses today, unlike what has been done in the past, have an equal amount of an a of academic focus in them. So they're writing and learning and reading about the career or the job and applying those things in the classroom and in projects and out in the, um, if they're out on an internship uh, or if they're working on a project for a business in that course. So it's not simply a typing course, but that is included as a component in some of these other programs. And, uh, we've got different programs in engineering and in health. We've got a culinary program. We've got an automotive program. Um, we've got two fantastic arts, media, and entertainment programs. So it's more than just how to use a camera. It's how to use that camera as a storytelling device that you can use to create content that you can then turn around and um, sell to a client. That's an interesting point. We hear a lot of talk about uh, STEAM education, uh, rather STEM education, but uh, there are clearly a lot of arts-related jobs out there, and those are a little harder to automate. Uh, do you have kind of a STEAM emphasis in uh, Desert Sands? Well, certainly, yeah. So, so when you add the A in there and you call it STEAM, that's including arts with science and technology technology and math and engineering, the students that are completing those programs are completing them in addition to their general education. And those courses integrate those components into the uh, assignments that the students complete in their classes. So yeah, there's a huge focus here in that STEAM component because it's clearly the future and we want to make sure that our students are well prepared. When they're in high school, are they able to earn credit toward graduation in the uh, work experience area? Sure. Yeah, the work experience courses that we offer do provide them uh, credits that they can use towards graduation. And even more exciting than that, we have more and more college credit courses embedded into our career technical education programs and into our core as well. So College of the Desert has been a wonderful partner um, to bring more and more college credit courses onto campus. So we have students now, um, many students, in fact, that are graduating with their high school diploma and some college credits, sometimes an entire year's worth as they move on to the next step in their education. Oh, really? They can get like a whole year out of the way? Yeah, well, they've always had the opportunity to have advanced placement courses, um, well, always recently. Um, but now we're having the, uh, offering more and more actual college courses on the campuses to students with instructors either coming in from College of the Desert or 
are instructors being hired there as their adjunct faculty. Now, if I'm an under-18 high school student, can I go take courses at College of the Desert? Sure, absolutely. There's a couple of different models that are available. Some, like I described, have courses on the high school campuses that the student would take as part of the regular school day. And then some offer courses on the high school campuses after school with the instructor coming on from COD. There's a variety of different ways to get credit. Some, some courses are articulated so that they parallel the community college course and the student gets credit at the end by passing the final exam or completing the final project. So just to be clear, if I'm a high school student and I'm 16 or older, old enough to drive, I could go to high school during the day and then go take night courses at College of the Desert if they were available? Yeah, actually, I, one of my daughters is doing that right now, although she, she doesn't necessarily um, have to get in the car and drive over there. Everything is um, online now, so she's taking both high school and college courses at the same time. Well, that's an interesting point. How much of this content is online these days? Uh, quite a lot, and, and more and more as, as, we continue to, um, as we continue to foster our relationship with our community college here, College of the Desert, we're, we're adding new courses every year. How popular is this model of doing your first two years, assuming you want to go on to a four-year degree, doing your first two years at, uh, like, a college of the desert? Well, I think it's more and more attractive, uh, given the fact that it's free. So the last couple of years, COD has offered that service free to students. It helps to be able to at least get to that AA level without any student loan debt or without having any out-of-pocket expenses, really. It's a better way to put it. So um, that is that model. It's always been a good option for students, and especially here in the Coachella Valley where we really don't yet have a fully comprehensive university. Um, Cal State San Bernardino Palm Desert Campus has some programs. I have another one of my children who completed a, one of the programs there and got her bachelor's through at the Palm Desert Campus, but it's not yet a fully comprehensive experience. They don't have everything. But having the community college there, is, the College of the Desert has been a, a great option for a lot of our students. And then from that, they use it as a springboard into the next step, whether that be moving on to a four-year degree or, or frankly, moving right into a job. But the nice thing about that is that they have built up skills and those degrees that will help them make enough money to continue their education as they go. As they continue, they could go on and you know get a PhD um, as they continue to work. And what's the process for getting scholarships? Kind of walk us through that. What do you tell the students? Well, there is some information available through the college and career centers at the high schools and counselors there to help them through that process. So for those students that are interested in, in scholarships, they generally start by talking to their counselors, and the counselors give them more guidance. So does the school district really get involved in scholarships directly? Uh, not really. We try to be a liaison, but that really needs to be handled by the scholarship uh, donors and those groups. Are we going to see more online learning in the future? Well, I mean, that's hard to predict. So th there have been and there continues to be opportunities for students to take online courses um, and we incorporate some of those here within the school district, mostly on a credit recovery or on an independent study basis. I think if we learned anything from distance learning is the true value of the teacher in the classroom interacting with the students. That can, just can't be replaced by anything that's done online, um, as much as that's a great option when it's appropriate. But we will always um, continue to provide instruction in the classroom with the teacher working with the students directly. I'm wondering if there are some kinds of courses that wouldn't draw a large enough class for a live instructor, uh, but may be of interest to you know, sort of niche learning. Is that something that the e-learning option provides? 
It can. Uh, typically, students that are looking for courses like that are students that are working through an independent study program where they have greater access, and, and not so much of the traditional school sites. Most of the subjects that students are interested in, in at the traditional school sites are, are taught in the classroom, and only a very few of them are ever done in an online format individually. Can they do the e-learning like during the summer when school is closed? Um, sure, it, it, they can um, for those few that, that are pursuing that, although we, we offer summer school uh, every year. It's mostly at the high school level for students who are looking to recover credits, but um, sometimes they will take courses that way uh, for credit recovery through one of our online service providers, yeah. Are there classes in the whole job search process? Because that's changed a lot in the last decade or two. Well, again, within our career and technical education programs, uh, the teachers do spend time with the students on uh, everything from the hearty handshake to good eye contact during an interview to reviewing their resumes uh, to how they dress for success, all those components that they need to go out there and to, to find a job for sure. Some of the traditional high school sites have kind of a, a separate course also to support that, but that's not something that's necessarily in every school site. So they cover things like how to leverage LinkedIn, how to use the job boards, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. We were talking, you said you don't have vocational courses anymore, but are there some vocationally, what we would used to call vocational programs that they can uh, acquire in high school? I'm thinking of things like uh, sort of the traditional things like, uh, well, maybe not all of these are traditional, but I'll just read a list that I have here. Computer programmer, electrician, plumber, welder, auto mechanic, aviation mechanic, locksmith, certain kinds of construction jobs. I mentioned welder. Uh, and maybe even cosmetology. These are all kind of uh, non-college courses that pay very good wages and are always in high demand. Are any of those kinds of things available at the high school level? Well, sure. Like I said, we have over 20 career and technical education programs across the four traditional high schools and over at Amistad uh, that focus in just about all of those areas. So it, it's no longer taking a woodshop class. Now they're taking a three-course program in engineering where they're working with wood, sure, as one building material, but others as well. It's not. It's no longer a single course like an auto shop course by itself. It's part of a program of courses, usually well, at least 300 hours worth. It could be over two years, could be over three years. It just depends on how it's built and constructed, where the students aren't just learning the technical skills, but they're having an equal amount of academic rigor as well that goes together so that they are prepared to go out and be employable. Can you speak to the military pathway from school to military and their training they offer and then on to a civilian career? Well, we sure do. Each one of the traditional high schools has either a cadet corps program or an Air Force, a junior Air Force program uh, available for students. and. At that level, it's really a leadership program. It isn't necessary. I mean, it's considered military science, sure, but it's really about the leadership component, and it's about preparing students for the next steps in their career from a, a leadership lens. And some of the students do go on, and, and they'll go on to, you know, the different um, uh, educational opportunities that are offered through the military or into active service. But the majority of students that go through those programs, they might continue on that ROTC program in college, or just use that as an opportunity to learn more about leadership skills as they um, continue their education. We even have a couple of middle schools now that are starting their own cadet corps programs that are aligning up with the high schools that they feed into. So 
Um, there's lots of great opportunities out there for students that are interested in military science. What about nonprofits? Do you cover that specifically? Not as its own discrete discipline, no. I mean, it it, it can come up um, in conversations and courses where students are interested in pursuing that, but we don't treat that as its own unique um, employment opportunity. And how about self-employment? Do you discuss entrepreneurship? Well, so that's something that we're working on because it's becoming quite clear that um, having a, an entrepreneurial skill set is very important for this generation of kids more than ever. So what we're looking to do is, and we've been working a little bit with Cal State San Bernardino and their program, trying to build a bridge there. But um, what we're looking to do is to incorporate some of those entrepreneurial skills into really all of our capstone, our senior level classes, so that our CTE classes, so that our students get an opportunity to understand what it means to um, be your own boss or to start your own business or wherever that may take them. But it's very clear that that is a skill set that these students need now more than ever. Is there any kind of personal finance component in your program? Because that's kind of foundational in my mind to thinking about one's career. You know, what does it cost to live? So, so to a certain extent, it comes into play in the in the CTE programs. Uh, absolutely, uh, we also are, we have a new course that we've been offering, and we're continuing to kind of build up. It's not quite available everywhere yet, but it will be uh, called financial literacy that, that that develops those same skill sets in in the general population of students. For anybody that wants to take that course, it's a senior level course. Um, so it is it is addressed, yes, because the teachers all recognize that these students. Once they become employed, need to be able to manage their lives uh, to stay employed. Well, and it's like many other consumer purchase in my mind. You you have to understand that you have to earn enough money to pay for what it costs to live in your area. Unfortunately, a lot of jobs don't pay a living wage, and uh, I think you need to go with your eyes wide open. Do you have any sense of uh, what majors are popular, or f- careers, I should say. What careers are popular in, with the current generation today? Well, you know, our arts and entertainment programs are very well attended. Um, you know, lots of students want to be a YouTuber and create their own entertainment content. That's, that's, a, that's fun when you're in high school. And look, um, some of them go on to great success. So it's, it's, it is a, a real job opportunity for a lot of them. Um, and then, of course, the service industries are always very popular. Our medical programs are very well attended. Our public service, uh, we have a public service at La Quinta and emergency medical at, at Shadow Hills. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, you know, being that we are um, with all the resorts and all the hospitality opportunities, restaurants, are, we have a hospitality program at La Quinta High School that's also very well attended. How closely do you work with uh, Cal State San Bernardino? What kinds of things do you do together? Well, like I said, we don't work with them quite as closely as we do with College of the Desert. We work very closely with College of the Desert. Um, we're working on our relationship with Cal State San Bernardino, and we're working on developing a bridge to their entrepreneurial program right now. And I understand they have a cybersecurity program that's very popular. Is there much interest with, among the high schoolers with that? Well, we have computer science programs at all four of the traditional high school sites right now um, focused on networking and coding, and they all have a component of cybersecurity built in. Um, Computer science students recognize right now that that is a booming industry and a great opportunity for them 
Um, so they're very interested in pursuing it. If you drop out of high school, I don't know if you know this, but it might be an interesting question. If you drop out of high school, uh, how long do you have to come back? No, there we have a handful of programs actually designed at recapturing those students and bringing them back and getting them to a place where they can either finish an adult ed or finish their GED. And are they handicapped in the job market with a GED? That's hard to say. I mean, it really depends on what their skill set is. I, I, I got to tell you, I hear over and over again from our industry partners, um, you know, what they want from us is to prepare the students for the workplace. I mean, the professional skills um, and that those technical skills, if maybe they're not all that strong, that's okay because they can bring them along once they get into that job. And so, you know, it's not as important to them that the ne necessarily that the student has the diploma or the GED. It's that they are um, willing to show up and to work hard and that they'll collaborate and, and communicate well with other people. Those are, the, those are the skills they're looking for most. Well, thank you, Kevin. This has been an interesting discussion. Hopefully the students and their parents uh, will find something useful here. Well, again, I, I very much appreciate the invitation. My guest today has been Kevin Bebo, Director of College and Career Readiness for Desert Sands Unified School District. The Public Record Podcast is a public service of the Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and click the subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. Thanks for listening.